Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Assalamu alaikum to everybody listening. Welcome back to Tucson. Ramadan edition. I resent the fact that whenever a mic gets in front of us, like we will just turn into dead things. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, right. Let's come on. Let's come with that. It's energy, not our energy, fault. Energy. It's not our right. fault. It's this. It's very intimidating. Right. But you lot always. No, like, I don't. We wrote. We actually rotate she every single week. Literally, or you lot bully me to go first. What's yeah. happened? We hope you're all having a really lovely Ramadan. Um, welcome to Two Cents. If you haven't listened to one of our Two Cents episodes before, it works like this. We each bring an overrated and an underrated to discuss and debate and leave for public scrutiny. So I believe, Nafisa, you're going first. So my overrated is, um, given that... children, I'll be very sad. Given that we're in Ramadan... No! So my overrated is, given that we're in Ramadan, is um, chasing the Ramadan feeling and the Ramadan high. It's overrated. Yeah. Oh my God. You know what? Yeah. I'm on it with you. Um, so the reason why is because every year I feel like there comes a point in Ramadan where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm not like feeling it. And like, you know, I'm not like connecting. Mm. Um, and I think it can really like derail what your Ramadan is meant to be. Mm. Um, and because a few months ago, I remember hearing from a sheikh and he was basically like, not feeling Salah, are you? And then he's like, you're not meant to feel it. He was like, at the end of the day, you're a slave. I wish you could actually see Nafisa. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, he was like, at the end of the day, you're a slave. You're a slave to Allah and you're carrying out an act of service, an act of worship to um, the Most High. Like, the worship is not for you. The worship is for Allah. It it made me also realise that actually Salah is just something I just have to offer. Like, Mm. I just have to do it because it's just an obligation. It's just a duty. In the same way you get up and you brush your teeth or whatever that habit is, you're not looking for fulfillment in that act. You're doing it because you're like, I just, it's just something that needs to be done. Um, And then earlier this week, I was having a conversation um, with some sisters on WhatsApp and they were saying as well, it can also lead you down to a place of fulfilling your nafs Mm. of like, like I know we all want to go to Tarawih with the nice reciter and this and that. And if the recitation's not good, then, you know, it's not going to bang and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day as well, while those things do help us engage and concentrate, Mm. I'm not saying to totally detach how you feel towards your acts of worship, because of course you want to feel something. But not, that not being the defining... Um, it's like the litmus test. Yeah, that not being what defines success of your Ramadan. Mm. Like, so Ramadan is not defined by whether you felt the spiritual high. You know, we're past the halfway point now. If you are like, oh, you know, my Ramadan, I've just not really felt it. Just keep going. Just keep doing acts of worship. Just keep 
doing it um and just more importantly think about your intention and think about why you're doing it reframe that it doesn't have to be for you to feel amazing mm. that you're reading 10 pages of Quran or even one yeah. ayah you know it just needs to be that al- almost what I'm saying, if you are struggling treat these things as a tick box mm. because mm-hmm. it will eventually get you somewhere and i would say if you're struggling and you're not feeling it doesn't mean your ramadan isn't working mm. yeah basically um mm. i actually agree I yes, agree anyway. with your point a few weeks ago just as Ramadan started five days in I wasn't feeling Ramadan yeah straight up I wasn't feeling Ramadan I was doing a bit of Tarawih I had like this little um, I had this little routine mm. in the evenings you know um, kids go to bed I stay up read Quran listen to one of the Keen Institute um, videos by Omar Suleiman which are really good make little notes you know whatever it is do a little bit of Salah and I thought to myself, you know, and I put it on Instagram and a lot of people DM me about it. And I said, um, it's okay if you can't feel Ramadan. It wasn't a requirement to feel it. Our mm. society revolves around the nafs. Some things just have to be done to seek the pleasure of Allah. Mm. Keep going regardless of how you feel and it will come. Whether it does or doesn't, the right intentions will help you transform. So just keep going and don't give up. Mm. I, do, I would say push yourself. Mm. Yeah, and pushing yourself isn't pleasant. Mm. And sometimes reading that extra juz of Quran, those extra few sentences, you know the moment where you feel like, oh, I can't do this and you want to close it, keep going. Mm. It's almost mm. like working out. Mm. They say you start to burn the calories when it starts to get painful, when you start to say to yourself, I can't do this. Mm. And then slowly that will become habitual. Mm. Like you'll be able to uh, get used to the feeling of just pushing past, pushing mm. past, pushing past, if that makes sense. So the overrated is chasing a standard. Chasing the Ramadan feeling, isn't it? Yeah, the Ramadan high. Because it's not always... It's, n- it's not a defining factor if your Ramadan is going well. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Which one? Are we doing, Sarah? I replayed this in my head yesterday. I was like, this is exactly how I'm going to say it, but I know it's not going to come out this way because it's all a little bit convoluted and it might sit somewhere in like the ranty kind of area. I have this habit of wanting to fall asleep to voices. Sometimes I find it really difficult like to fall asleep unless I have chit chat going on in the background really? rubbish tv do you listen to the um you know this podcast where they'll just like read wikipedia pages no i didn't even know they yeah, existed i found these podcasts where they'll like just read like wikipedia pages or they'll we- read like uh random manual instructions no and so, just to like mind numb you basically they were literally made for me dictionary yeah. So you know how like YouTube just plays one after the other. I, I couldn't sleep last night for whatever reason. Like, the chit chat oh, wasn't working. And then so I just like stumbled across this like YouTube drama that's happening between some personalities on YouTube that most of us know about. Do you need to be explicit? No. Because I don't know what the drama is. We don't need to know. No. What's wrong with that and, uh, but it, this is this is happening in the Muslim community. But I know that it's also happened like in the mainstream beauty community recently on YouTube, which is just. I'm like, what? what is going on between people? There seems to be like a crazy purge of over-communication. There's so many conversations going on in the background all the time. And so many young people are engaging with mm. this content. And they, they aren't necessarily light subjects that come up. Mm. Like one of the biggest quote-unquote scandals mm. to happen on the internet and, and on YouTube specifically is this like makeup beauty guru being accused of like oh my god it's so ridiculous like not supporting his friend with her vitamins or whatever i can't even but her range yeah and then like 
but like some massive it, it just escalated like whoa and he lost like millions and millions of subscribers and endorsements and this that and the other and in that video she was talking about his sex life and like all of these things that she has an issue with and I just thought to myself I, like, I can't believe this level of dialogue is going on like on such a public level and people are justifying it by the fact that they're on on a public platform and then I I was listening to my YouTube thing yesterday and I was like hold up it's these Muslim personalities and they're doing exactly the same thing and they're not small small names I don't know what we're moving into like YouTube drama has always been a thing like YouTube drama channels that people are making money off of I cannot believe it's just like a complete disease of our society I just can't believe we as a community also got really sucked into over explaining and over communicating and um purging how we feel like i don't know why i know how much right now like that's too much information and mm. i and i don't know and I, I get part of me really sympathizes with these personalities because they're well they're like well, i have to i have to have i have to have a space i have to have a platform to justify certain accusations to, ju to justify this to justify that i i wonder when someone will take the back seat and call off this level of over communication because I feel like people listen to this and they inherit so much anxiety and so many problems that these people are purging out onto the internet like there's a f there's one different there's like a difference I think between creating a safe space where you can facilitate critical thinking and also just inviting people to express and resolve like there's a solution it's solution orientated I'm just one person I can't speak on behalf of all the people that genuinely find enjoyment in all of this stuff um that don't know any better to to be frank because or don't know how to use their time wisely or don't feel like they can use their time wisely it's just yeah I don't know that was like my full rant but I and it's very difficult to explain the situation without being explicit and without naming names because more specific examples would probably make this point a little bit more concise but I don't want to perpetuate yeah. that drama yeah some of the ways that people have been called out are not the most tasteful they're not the most great are they actually going to affect, affect change but the thing is I think change comes in waves and we mm -hmm. saw it with the Me Too movement. It came, uh, you know, it came like that. People were coming with receipts. People mm -hmm. were coming with stories. Sometimes yeah. it wasn't the victim themselves. Mm -hmm. It was the friend of the friend who was like, you know, I've heard that this guy is like this. Yeah. I've heard that this guy is like this, etc. And then what ended up happening is there was a wider movement. Mm -hmm. And then you have people who were critically thinking on it or people who were starting to assess, you know, yeah. the relationship between um, these different genders. Mm -hmm. um, and then change slowly comes about. I feel like it's waves. You have to have that distasteful. I agree with you. But well, I think that dealing with something like the Me Too movement needs to be something like public humiliation or public scrutiny or something like that. It It's the perfect, like, breeding like fertile environment for that kind of change not to trivialize anybody's feelings but i do believe in excessive talking i, I believe it's a disease mm -hmm. and I, I i don't know if we need to think critically about some of these things i don't, I don't know like i'm speaking from a place of like not ever having been on a public platform and not knowing what it's like i can only imagine if i was in a position where i was being accused of something i would want to publicly clear the air because i want to right and i can completely empathize with that and that would probably be my as a my given my personal disposition and everything that would probably be my first instinct but mm, part of me is like feels my nafs feels triggered I feel like there's too much uh, like too much talking is too much um, like picking apart and too much evaluating and too much communicating mm. 
Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the overrated is exactly. I just feel like it's probably in there somewhere, mm. and I feel a little bit anxious about it. I was talk- actually talking to I about this yesterday because um, he's not on social media mm. and he doesn't intend to come on social media for like a good while now. He was saying how he feels like we've put ourselves into a space where like everything demands a reaction, mm. and if we don't mm. react then silence is violence and if we don't say something then we're like complicit in it and he yeah. was like yes silence and violence is violence in some contexts but even i've found myself like it f- this month like i'm not on social media i'm not posting i'm not interacting and there's a couple of things where i've been like oh should i come back to just say something about x or say something about y and but that that for me i've like i really wanted to just have a cold break from social media and i just i don't think it's healthy to always be like on and i felt like i was getting into a space where i was always on and i was always i always had something to share or had something to say and i wasn't necessarily processing those thoughts with myself before i was putting them publicly and so i was like okay i just need a clean break right and so i've i've been off since basically after street eats and yeah, there's been a couple of instances where I'm like, yeah, but if I don't come back and I don't talk, then if I don't have my own little statement on this particular situation, then what? Then, you know, does it look like I'm not supportive even though I am and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I just I just kind of drew a hard line for myself and I was like, look, I just need a break. I just need to not be engaging in social because if I keep making those ex- exceptions then i'll never really come off Mm -hmm. you know there's always something to react to and i think we have got in a really really reactive space and we've also got into a space where we're reacting to things that we don't need to be so it's very interesting guys that you chose those two topics because my first i'm doing overrated yeah my first overrated is umma bashing Okay, um, I feel like you kind of like touched upon it, but maybe I'm, you know, I'm feeling too many vibes after street eats. Maybe I'm feeling too many vibes after Ramadan. I'm sorry, during Ramadan, too many vibes, um, you know, based on our community as well. So I'm feeling um, part of the Ummah. I'm feeling very loved. Um, I feel like I've also started building relationships with lots of people offline as well as online. And you know I say this a lot but we're human right we make mistakes Um, yes we are Muslim we have a framework that we need to abide by but it doesn't make us perfect Mm. like we still you know we still have those ugly parts of us and just recently like when I've seen posts or I've been in gatherings and and someone wants to raise a point about or you know the the sentence usually like oh the ummah's what's the word the ummah's the ummah's broken Mm. the ummah's a mess the ummah's this, the ummah's that. And I just sit and observe people like just bashing the ummah. And I was like... It's like a pastime, isn't it? What, what did that achieve? Like that actually just achieved nothing. Mm. Like we're just sitting here. We have enough external people bashing us mm. day in, day out. We as Muslim, as a Muslim woman... I feel like on Twitter especially, yeah, people we, just do it. Just ummah this, ummah that, ummah this, ummah that. As Muslim women, like, you know, we, we get our fair share of bashing already. And I'm just like, do we also need it internally? 
it's almost like you know you're the family you've got everyone on the street like pointing at you saying this and that do you really need to be doing it in your own home what mm. kind of bashing are we talking about just like so criticizing the ummah so for the state of the ummah the state of the mosque the state of this the state of that you, do you know? know what my thing is that if if you're coming with critique for the ummah i want to know what you're doing yeah. What are you actually doing to like? Is your critique so that you can push it forward, or is your critique just because it's in vogue? Yeah. Or like because critique and like you know just talking about like certain countries or talking about certain aspects of the ummah is a time pass thing. You know, like elders they'll sit and they'll yeah. just discuss these things. Yeah. Our generation do it as well, and ah, um, oh, I I was put correct actually a few weeks ago. I was put correct for ummah bashing. And so that's why I put, not all more bashing, but basically, you know what happened in New Zealand Mm. after like it kind of, the the news broke and we heard about what had happened. Um, And I think there was, it relates back to Nafisa's point, there was a lot of public outcry about Mm. different parts of like community, mosques, um, you know the right wing media all of these things and i was i was talking to someone about it and it's like yeah but what are we doing mm. and i was like oh you know i feel like a lot of people aren't even engaging or trying to do anything about it and it's like hold up selena and the person actually said selena what you do and your work mm. means that you feel like you're doing a lot mm. obviously because of our work we're kind of mm. in the muslim spaces we're doing articles whatever it is and she's like as a Muslim community, we have shown a lot of restraint mm. and that in itself is something. Mm-hmm. She's like, don't discount, you know, the woman sitting at home having to go about her daily life knowing that news is breaking about, mm. you know, Muslims being dangerous or whatever it is or because you're not seeing someone on social media yeah. putting out a statement, issuing a statement. Like, don't don't knock, you know, the ummah. She's like, you know, and then when I think about streeties, right? It's built on layers and layers and layers of the ummah. Mm. It took like our, you know, grandfathers, grandmothers, whatever it is, to come to this country, build mosques, raise money, mm-hmm. not just build a mosque, raise mosques, bring a community together, build those mosques, establish halal butchers, whatever you might think of them, you know, we're on the tide. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today vegan movement they came and they established those butchers mm. like you know whatever you might think and then off that it is a it's a foundation to us bringing new streets mm. you know i'm very like um passionate about our mosques and yeah. the space that we have and you know our bo- mosques are bashed day in day out mm. and yeah there are some mosques that don't have women's section i think sometimes we have to take ourselves back to the context and the community who build that mosque and you know recently over ramadan i have tried to engage more with the mosques and it's like you know what? I feel so neglectful of them. It's like all year round we don't come go. It's like the auntie. Mm-hmm. We don't visit. We don't come check on them. We just complain about them. We don't even really know the state. But every Ramadan we expect them to be there for us. Mm-hmm. For our tarawih, for our tears, for whatever it is. 
Um, so I really, I'm not into canceling culture, but please, I just, I, don't, I can't, I can't hear the woman being bashed anymore. You know, like we're going through enough as it is, and we really just need to come together and back each other. But I remember hearing a talk. Yeah, I was either at a conference or it was a talk online, and um, they were just saying like talking derogatory about the woman is not in our like her legacy and in our history and it's not something we should be engaging with mm. and for me it's like if you're trying to drag the mole or what i don't even want to say drag if you're trying to like critique something about the ummah i also want to know okay how are you actually mm. i'm not saying you have to take it all in your hands mm. but are you just getting into a cycle to critique just to critique just because it makes you look progressive to critique well because critiquing is an art as well and some people yeah. are very good at it yeah. Yeah. but then what is the the fruits of it like me as a very simple person and maybe i'm underplaying myself but i guess part of it as well is we all have to give what we can right and do what we can so yeah for some people they are good at critiquing Mm. and then somebody takes that critique but are they really they... good this is the thing yeah well, my, my thing. thing is we can't all just be all about, good about critiquing i think we also need to be like okay so how can i yeah. you know it's almost say what do what you say i i think it's yeah i think it's become a, a space where it's not about even that people with the best strengths in critiquing people just know how to do people, a good thread pe- yeah people are just they're entertaining each other yeah that's it that's it's what the it entertainment. is like at the end of the day this stuff a lot of this stuff that's being said is just for entertainment but they don't know it yeah yeah that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what well, i'm actually going to give you a solid example there's one critique that bugs me so much and i hear it every ramadan i've worked in the charity sector so it bugs me even more because i know where that money goes about this time you're going to get people cropping up saying criticizing charities who take an admin fee come on come on do you know what the admin fee is for i, mean, I don't even want to get into it listen we spoke about admin fee yeah. episode but straight well, away people just come and they just critique admin fee right but it's like no solution no even i'm like have you even looked into what admin yeah. fee is about and mm-hmm. that i feel like slightly it's a good example depicts mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say here mm-hmm. yeah so yeah don't please don't bash the ummah you know if i see you do yeah i might i might um so obviously in ramadan we're all trying to do them extracts of worship you know the tarawee the well, well maybe not all of us are trying no, to actually not all of us, yeah. um but you know you might be trying to push yourself more than usual it's all right if you're not though babes that is fine um do what you can isn't it um and what I wanted even if you're not we'll make dua for you you know if you're struggling if you haven't even fasted if you haven't even prayed may Allah help you inshallah inshallah um, if you want it inshallah inshallah <laughs> all them disclaimers <laughs> disclaimer so f- fancy you saying that because my underrated is um, dua as an act of worship but yeah. the longest time I didn't even see it as an act of worship you know that Asla's compiled of du'as yeah yeah that's yeah, it dua Asla's entire Asla is compiled of du'as and um, I, cause basically, I was um, going to get some iftar food from a restaurant the other day. And <laughs> at the counter, they were giving other car books. Yeah. Um, the one that I actually sent you. And um, Very good. they were just giving them for free. So I just picked it up and, and, and I read and I started reading it. And 
I was just like, wow. Like, because, I'll, and if you go, let me, let me just. Hello, can you share? Yeah, let me just find. I really, I really like the book, actually. Okay, if, so the book that I got, um, if you go, you can get the PDF version from their website. Um, so if you just go into Google and you say UWT space A-D-H-K-A-R, which is Adhkar, and then space book, um, it should come up. Um, the PDF version that is available on their website and it's their book, so it's not like a dodgy PDF, guys. Um, and also, based off the back of that as well, what is also hugely underrated is sending salawat to Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And even that, it's like a huge act of worship, um, acknowledging Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And normally it's like written off as quite a Sufi thing. So yeah, they talk about like dhikr, the excellence of dhikr. They even talk about like how to remember Allah. So they say there's three stages. The first stage is dhikr of the tongue. Mm. The second stage is dhikr of the heart. And then the third stage is dhikr of the heart and tongue. And obviously that's the stage you want, you'd like to strive to where you're you're so, um, you have so much taqwa of Allah as well that you, you're kind of just, whatever you're doing throughout your day, you, you have some sort of remembrance, whether that's on your tongue or in your heart. And it talks about the excellence of the war and there's a Quran ayah which says, and your Lord said, call upon me and I will respond to you. And it also talks about how to make dua um, and why it's so important. And I think if you are struggling in the month um, with acts of worship and things like that, du'as might be a way to try and engage. Mm. Um, they've got a really good thing where they take Allah's names and they group them in like themes. Oh okay. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's really so good. So they'll say the names which inspire, like inspire patience, patience and gratitude. Yeah. The no, names. Wait, so you can sit in your slana and be like, oh. Yeah. That would help you. So it says them like as the well. names which inspire trust in Allah, the names Send which inspire us. <laughs> and I think everyone understands it in the context of just asking Allah for something when you're in need. Mm. But it can become a really beautiful act of worship. And if you are trying to figure out like how and what, I'd really, really recommend that book um, or any other books online that are to do with other car um, to kind of. If, even if you start with just one point in your day, maybe before bed yeah. or maybe after Isha Salah or whatever point you feel like will be most productive for you to use that slot as I'm actually just going to use this as a time to make the war, do other cards and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that that's me wrapped mm-hmm. up. Just to put it bluntly, my underrated is the Dawah movement. Yeah, the okay. The Dawa movement is underrated. The Dawa movement is underrated. Okay, but let are me dissect this. Are talking about Dawa tables? I'm going to dissect this because I know that there are... There are, there are several Dawa there movements. Is, there are several Dawa movements and there's several disclaimers here. Um, and I'm not speaking about one in particular, but uh, but I'm also not speaking about all of them, if that makes any sense so to anyone listening. So you're... Uh, you're alluding to personality. No, should I tell you? No, no. Should I tell you what? Um, I think I just the Dawa movement in general. I, this is where I think that the Dawa movement is underrated because I believe in abstract forms of Dawa. I believe that you, you, people are embodiments of Dawa and um, I, I think Dawa is on a spectrum. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that the Dawa movement that we see is the only form of Dawa. Not at all. That's not what I'm For saying. For anyone who hasn't engaged with the word Dawa, can you just... It just means uh, the, a, a call to Islam, spreading knowledge of Islam and Tawheed, which is oneness of Allah. Try, trying to get a conversion under your belt, basically. Basically. So if you lot have ever seen um, 
them man there with the tables outside Shepherd's Bush Station or Shepherd's Bush Market. That's like the personification. Yeah. So, I mean, like when people think of the Dower movement, traditionally it would have been the Dower tables. And now obviously we've got the online movement as well. It makes me, that that's part of my point is it, as a, as a, we look at the Dower movement um, and we're quite flippant about it actually. And mm. I, I, I think we are anyway. We don't deep enough that people are putting themselves on the line um in so many different kinds of ways whether we necessarily agree with their delivery me personally i think that no matter how you do it um you're you're leaving yourself very vulnerable mm. um it's a hard thing to do it's man. a hard thing to do I, basically i don't think i don't i don't think it needs a ton of acknowledgement um and praise for praise sake but i i i do think it's underrated that like, I, I give massive ratings to people who um with the goodness of their intentions, mm. if they have them, go out there and try to spread the message of Islam because they believe it is the right thing to do to mm. a, a give people an opportunity to learn about this religion. Mm. And sometimes they do it in places that aren't necessarily very well. Yeah, they're yeah. very hostile. Um, the online um, crowd can be very hostile. They're, if their face is out there, if someone's you know making fun of them on on their phones or like um, if 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 they're bait and they go to apply for a job, yeah, it could work against them. Or if they're mm. online and they're bait, it could work against them. I yeah. just feel like they are, whether they're right or they're wrong in doing it and necessarily the method that they've chosen um, or whether they've allowed their personality to uh, overpower the message or whatever, it's a it's an honourable thing to try to do if, obviously, if they've got the right, if, they, if their intentions are in the right place. Um, and yeah, I just think that they don't get enough ratings. Obviously, I there's feel a like the table ones don't get enough ratings. There, you know, notoriously, there are some bro- brothers, sorry, brothers, and their sisters do it too, that are notoriously antagonistic <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah, general yeah. public. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, like, and it's it. definitely an art. And yeah. I think it's yeah. just grown a bit of a bad rep. Yeah. yeah. Right. I feel bad now because I always see them and cringe a bit oh why i think but i think that's normal because you but but that's why they need ratings because yeah. they're doing a job that a lot of us wouldn't do yeah yeah yeah. and and we, we're living in a very big society we're living in a very yeah. big place we're not living it's, it's in village things where we can there. just you know like spread the word easily like they they probably feel like they have to do this in order to get they have to be a bit cringe they have to be and a bit you know what? they might be really good at it so my next underrated, yeah. and it kind of, you know, trickles off the points that you both relate. Quite in sync today. Mm. Yeah, quite in sync, alhamdulillah. So I'm passionate about, like, you know, taking my kids to the mosque and showing that young people um, feel accepted in mosques. You might not be Nafisa, right? Why not? You're, just bear with me. You're really passionate about ensuring that people reach their full potential, right? Yeah. And you're doing active work towards it. You're on the board for EY. You engage with younger people, etc. I don't, yeah, okay. as much as you. Sarah, you're really passionate about community spaces, um, how spaces are used, the architecture of it. I think some of that is related to your degree. I know, see, I know about you, babe. Yes, yes. Um, I'm not. This is going somewhere, guys. My point is, it is underrated supporting one thing and focusing on it. I hear that. And I think sometimes with the whole social media movement, what you were saying is like, we have to be passionate about everything, Mm. know about everything, and Mm -hmm. everybody needs to be recycling plastic. Obviously, we should be. But there are some people that are out there campaigning it. Mm. And I think it's understanding the different levels and engagement. Mm. 
all because you know I'm passionate about you know reigniting I guess engagement with mosques doesn't mean I should shout at you two about not going to the mosque or not being passionate about it or not campaigning about it right mm. and I think it's important to recognize what it is that you are really passionate about mm. and backing it like you have some people that are passionate about dawah and that's what they're doing yeah their dawah isn't about like you know how to live an eco islam their dawah is about what they're doing and it's fine to only speak out on one or two issues yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're qualified to speak on would you feel like there's understand. a pressure to yeah sometimes everything. i feel like you know recently there was the um you know with what's happening in america about the whole uh the is it legislation around abortions etc mm, in alabama and i felt as well like you know everyone was talking about it online and you know i had a little bit to say because i saw like a few twitter things but part of it was like oh, do you, we have to, I don't even know that much about the laws either. Mm. And yeah, I should get to know, but um, we are human beings, right? Yeah. And we are human beings and I'm capable of doing so much, as much as that I can do. Mm. And you cannot be passionate and campaign for every single thing. Otherwise you'd be campaigning 1% on that thing. Mm. And sometimes it's better to just carve out a space and focus on that one thing. Like, you know, you just re- mentioned Sahima. Mm. She's speaking about specific issues. Yeah. If suddenly you said to her, well, you know, you're not even talking about, like, um, you know, pollution in London. Yeah. Like, you know, you have a platform, you should be using your platform and yeah. talking about pollution on Pollution Day. Yeah. Or whatever it is. Yeah. She has got her focus. Yeah. As we all do. And it's all right not yeah. to be involved in every single conversation. Yes, have critical thinking about it. Yes, do what you can. But understand that there, you have different levels of engagement. There is someone that is campaigning about it. Mm. And like when I see someone talk and articulate something really well, you almost feel like, okay, cool, that person's got I that think covered. I've mm. actually been quite unfair at times of being like, oh, you know, I haven't seen this platform or that platform speak about this issue or that issue. And it's, I just don't think it's fair to... You just don't know what the circumstances are or what the reasons are and things like that. And I just mm-hmm. think we do need to actually put more emphasis on have you sat with yourself and thought about it before you're going onto a public platform? Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's, it's that thing of, like, because you have a platform, it doesn't mean you're an expert on the thing you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I just think we have... We, again, like, it feels like we're in this blurry space where everyone's just talking. Mm-hmm. And it's, I would suppose it'd be all right if no one was passionate about anything just yet, right? As long as they're working as, towards yeah, something. Yeah, as long as you're striving towards... But you have to I be mean, passionate about something. No, no, I guess not. No. What if you're just doing... Just yeah, that's fine. A business, that's fine. Leaving I mean, the simple... you change things with your hands, right? Like, if you see a problem... Your heart. First your heart... Um, no, then your, your man, tongue. Your heart, your tongue, then your hands, right? Yeah. So, the thing is, it, yes, you don't have to be passionate about something, but when I talk about passion, often I mean, like, what change are you affecting... And that could be within your home, right? We always talk about activism isn't just, you know, marching out on the street. Sometimes activism is, you know, is being that person in your home that calls out something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you don't have to be passionate about something. But like I said, I think for me, passion cha- it translates into what change are you affecting? Yeah. And as Muslims, you know, if we some- see something wrong, we have to But that But that change can be just changing yourself. Of course. um okay so that's it for this week thank you to everybody listening if you have any feedback for us get in touch um stay around for the credits and we'll see you next time the prophet muhammad peace be upon him said whoever says subhanallah a palm tree is planted for you in jannah um so go build your forest
and have a great Ramadan everyone inshallah Hey everyone, I've been here recording from London. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Two Cents on the Amalia podcast. We'd love to get your feedback and hear about what you really took away or like from this episode. If you want to get in touch or read out next episode's credits, hit us up at contribute at amalia.com. You can also find us on Instagram at amalia underscore com and on Twitter at amalia underscore tweets. This episode was hosted and produced by Sarah Armin and music by Mario Saad. Like, share and subscribe and we will see you on the next one.